Hi, church family. Welcome to Wednesday night prayer time together. It is February 24th, and it's good to have you with me tonight as we pray together, as we seek God's wisdom on things, and just have a good time looking at God's word. Just wanted to say to you, I hope that you've been enjoying your time working through this book, uh, returning to holiness, and having a chance to really take the time and think about your own heart. We've been studying in the Bible about how we need to plow, plow out the hardness of our hearts and open up our hearts to listen to God, let him do work in there and sow seeds of righteousness and live a righteous life. And so this book here helps us be able to look at our hearts, see if there's things that needs to be uh, changed that's for the good of God's kingdom, uh, things that we need to repent of, things that we can rejoice that the Lord's doing a good work in us already and we're tracking with the Lord. So there's a lot to be gleaned from this uh, book. Now, before we dive into just my thought for tonight, I want to give, go ahead and give you some updates on things that's happening this week. do want to encourage you, tonight is Wednesday night's prayer time together, and you all are at home probably watching this video tonight, and thank you for praying for church, and our church is beginning to see other ministry take life in Wednesday nights as well. I do want to encourage you, coming into Saturday, we're going to have a time of, called basically Get It Done Day, where we're going to work together, get some things done. We may have a food truck on Saturday morning or not. We don't know just yet. That's going to usually be between 9.30 and 11.30. But our work day is going to be 10.30 to 2.30, four hours. I'm asking only four hours of you. If you come, you're going to have a specific task to be able to get done. I would prefer you go ahead and call me and let me know uh, that you're coming. So I can go ahead and line up a task that will fit your skill sets and make sure that you know you're coming in what you'll be doing. And so you can get right to work and spend four hours of here on, on campus getting some things done that needs to be done around campus. I encourage, I encourage you to get a chance. We can also let you be working alone. If you prefer to work alone because of uh, just uh, COVID and things like that, let me know. We'll send you a task. You can work alone inside the church building as well. And so we can work in groups or work alone. Uh, we'll take care of you. Make sure there's a way to be able to do that. Now, also, Sunday is our time of uh, fasting and prayer and solemn assemblies that we're having at uh, Sunday nights. And so we had a time last Sunday night where we actually had a corporate prayer and did some corporate confessions of sins, restating what we believe and what we want the Lord to do here at, for us as a church congregation. This coming Sunday night, we're going to be able to do more of a personal uh, thought-provoking, uh, think about our hearts, soul-searching um, time of individual prayer before God. We're going to do this corporately, but it's going to be individually focused on your own specific heart and needs. And so we're going to do a few things. After church on Sunday mornings, uh, there's been a few people asking to come around and stay after church on Sunday morning and just pray in the sanctuary and have some time of quiet reflection after church is over this Sunday morning. Also, uh, before coming into the time at 6 o'clock on Sunday night, uh, we're going to have the doors open at 5.30. There will be music being played softly in the sanctuary area. You can come in at 5.30, sit down, and begin to pray and seek the Lord uh, on 5.30. And then until 6 o'clock, we'll start at 6 o'clock and be able to have our time of prayer and uh, seeking the Lord in our solemn assembly of prayer on this coming Sunday night. I'm looking forward to the following week. We're going to have Lord's Supper together here at our church. We're going to provide a way to do this in a safe way, uh, a COVID-free uh, way that we'll be able to distribute stuff that's going to be individually packaged for each, each person so that no one else has touched your packet of material. And also you're, 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 you're be able, able to have a cup and also the bread packaged just for you. And so that's kind of what we're hoping to do and have a time of having Lord's Supper together. I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while since we did that together. You have some prayer requests tonight as well. 
continue to pray, if you don't mind, for the people in our church that's going through some difficulties. I do have a special request for Linda Ellis. She has a major procedure tomorrow. Please pray for her. Continue to pray for Kelly and Preston Garner because uh, both their mothers are very ill. Uh, Mary Markham has came home uh, from the hospital after her procedure. Uh, continue to pray for her. Continue to pray for Eddie and Wilma Gilbert. Uh, they need their prayers as well. Uh, there's so many more in our church families that would also covet your prayers. So continue to pray for the people in our church family uh, that God will be with them, sustain them, and give them strength. And so that's just a few. There's there's more. We also send our prayer uh, guide uh, list through email. Please check that for the rest of the prayer requests that we've been praying about today. Oh, very important. Don't forget Sarah. Sarah's at the hospital at uh, Children's Hospital. This is Sarah Smith, Tim and Patty Smith's daughter. She is getting treatments now for Crohn's disease, so continue to pray for her. Okay, with that said, I want to kind of get our minds and attention about a part of Scripture that I think is very important. If you uh, think about uh, the church life, there's two areas of life that helps a church uh, really begin to thrive and strive as a church in unity. I realize that in this book here, in the first section on sins of attitude, which is the second category, and sins of thought and sins of speech, uh, sins of speech and sins of attitude is probably two of the most uh, prevalent ways that Satan gets in uh, and destroys churches, like a, a roaring lion wanting to devour churches. Because how we treat each other and what we say about each other is probably the most uh, direct way that churches can either live in unity or be broken up because the attitudes we hold for one another and the sin of our words towards one another. And so in this book, Returning to Holiness, if you get to the chapters that actually talked about the sin of attitude, which is the second category of repentance, it basically says that in this passage of Scripture that let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each, each esteem others better than himself. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. And he then gives you some things to reflect. Do you tend to draw attention to yourself? Do you often promote yourself and put others down? Are you highly competitive and desire to win and be number one at all costs? Do you seek to be the center of attention? Do you usually think mostly in terms of your own needs and desires? Is your attitude such that you feel you're better or smarter than others? Do you have an inordinate need to notice and praise by people? It goes on. And then it continues to talk about things like in James 2.14. My brethren have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Are you not the par uh, partial in yourselves? Been, you're not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts. The idea is that we need to respect other people and let the Lord work in their life and not always be the judge of them. Uh, in that area, it basically has stuff like these words. It basically says this. Uh, do you associate only with those very familiar with you or similar to you? Do you tend to look down on people who are not the same areas of affluence of you? And uh, are you very particular about the people that you're around, that we got to be careful about that. So we need to make sure that we accept the people into church that God wants us to accept and love. You know, we're called also in, in Christian life to be very pointed on saying what sin is and say this is what God desires of us. But we also need to look at people and say, 
uh, I need to look where they're at, find where they're at, and uh, show them the love of Christ. In the book of James, he talks about how people may come in, maybe dress not as nice as you. You don't look on down on their stat, status of life because of their dress. You look at them as people made in the image of God, and you minister to them, and you love them, and you show them respect because they're made in the image of God. No matter how much money or finance they had, what they look like, their color skin, we're called to be able to love people because we're all made uh, uh, from the image of God, and we're all of God's children. In Hebrews 11, 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And basically it talks about then in this passage of Scripture too, about this idea of sin of attitude is that we need to understand that we need to live with the attitude that we are working together, that we shouldn't have an attitude of fear, that we should be working together and realize that there may be some challenging times, uh, but we need to work together as people of God, working in one accord with one another. And then Ephesians 4, 2, with all lowliness and kindness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And so this whole idea is to be a spirit-filled believer is, a, is that we need to be kind in spirit, watching out for each other, and making sure that we're taking care of each other. There's questions for reflections in this part that I'd like to share with you. Do you have a kind and gentle spirit? Are you argumentative and contentious? Are you often critical and harsh with people? Are you often insistent to feel any needs of others? Do you tend to look for reasons to pick people apart? Are you quick to get angry and speak your mind? A gentle and quiet spirit is value, a great price to God. 1 Peter 3, 4. Do other, others criticize you as having a gentle and quiet spirit about ways to change your attitude? At 1 Corinthians 13, 4, Love suffers long and is kind. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Matthew 5, 44. But if I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which spitefully use you and persecute you. So uh, we're called to have a, a view, beautiful view of our attitude in check in order that we might love people and treat them kindly. And so it's not just the sin of attitude, but not how we just treat them, but what we say about them. And so in the third category he walks through, he's talking about the sin of speech. And the sin of speech is a a very important thing because our words can be very destructive. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Ephesians 5, 4 says, Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor gesturing, which are not uh, not part of what the Lord wants you, or, or not uh, convenient, but rather giving of thanks. So the idea here is that we need to make sure that we don't have any filthy talk or any foolishness come in our heart, and we need to make sure that we're giving thanks to God in all that we do. Here he has a really poignant question as well. It says, do you ever speak slang words that are crude or inappropriate? Do you use God's name in a way that other than worship, honor, and praise? Have you engaged in off-color jokes or conversation? Has the filthiness of our society crept into your speech? Very hard. It's very, very hard to answer those questions, right? It, it, why it's hard? Because you start thinking, well, maybe, maybe I have or maybe I've done that. So we always got to make sure our speech is pure before the Lord and that we're actually being what God wants us to be. And then in 1 Corinthians 10, 10, it says, Let us not murmur or complain as someone of them also murmur and were destroyed of the destroyer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so the whole idea here is that we need to live life not complaining about other people or other things or complaining about life in general, but be encouragers and lift one another up. Questions of reflection. Do you often gripe and complain about situations in your life? 
Do you fail to give thanks in all things and at all times? Are you filled with attitude of gratitude and gratefulness and praising or grumbling or complaining? Do you make excuses for your grumbling by saying, I have good reason to grumble? You're, are you always looking on the dark side of things? Do you trust God for supernatural joy or do you give to murmuring or you give in to murmuring uh, and complaining? And then it goes on. There's all kinds of stuff in this passage of scripture, but the one that I want to really talk about is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. So the idea here is that we are able to love one another, we're able to have an attitude about each other, that we show love and kindness towards our fellow brothers in Christ, but also use our words very wisely. And we lift up words to help each other be encouraged and grow spiritually. And if we even have to do a word of correction, we do it out of, out of, out of love, not out of anger or, or self-gain or, or self-glory. And so we're called to make sure that our heart issue of attitudes in check and our speech uh, attitude is also in check as well. And so I will tell you, Satan uses those two things as some of his primary weapons to be able to divide a church. But I'm glad that we have a place here that most of our people are working, walking with in court, and hopefully all of us are, because I sense that great spirit of truth here. It's so good to be in a place of service where people are trying to lift one another up and encourage one another. So it's just a challenge to all of us. i got to guard my heart and my mind, my attitude from time to time. i got to guard my what I want to say and, and be able to say, Lord, is that really what you want me to say? Filter it through the that mind of the Lord and, and be able to pray to him and ask him to fill me with wisdom as I begin to speak and how I interact with people. I hope you do the same thing. Be encouraged. God is working on our behalf. And so take time to read through this book this week, study it, get your hearts right. Come ready to meet the Lord Sunday morning to worship and praise him, hear the word of God, and then come back Sunday night. Humble yourself before the Lord. Take this time to make sure your heart's ready. 5.30, come in there, speaking, praying the Lord, speaking to Him. And at 6 o'clock, we'll get started. We'll have a wonderful night of this time of solemn assembly of confession and prayer to the, God, to the Lord God above. God bless you guys. Have a great night. Take care. Go in peace.